This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Good morning, witches. We have a very special episode of Morning Brew for you this week. And it's like a morning brew that's not technically a traditional morning brew, but our schedules are lining up that way, and I got up early again for you all. Yes. We didn't lose anything. There were no tragic technological mishaps, but we are here in the wee early hours of the morning to record a fun little episode for you. An episode that I think we've had a lot of kind of indirect requests for. Yeah, I would agree with that. If that makes sense. But before we dive into that, what are you drinking this morning? I am drinking cafe. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to be all fancy this morning, but it just doesn't come out when you sound like a toad with your croaky voice. But anyway, yes, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. I feel like I found a good balance with coffee where I'm not drinking it because I feel like I need it anymore and I'm drinking it because I enjoy it once in a while. And so while I say that while I'm like obviously not awake, (laughs) but I swear I don't need it, okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe I have a cup of coffee and it has some vegan French vanilla creamer in it, which isn't like my favorite favorite. I definitely am a hazelnut girl, but... That's what we had in the fridge. So what are you drinking? I am also having a cup of coffee. I have significantly reduced my coffee intake. I used to be one of those people who was drinking four or five cups before 10 a.m. And then was just everywhere. Yeah. Nowhere. (laughs) Right. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with coffee, but the rate at which like we were drinking it, you know, where I started to notice that I was feeling more anxious for absolutely no reason or you're just, yeah, like your mind's in so many different places all the time and it feels like it's so much harder to ground. And it seems like since I've reduced my coffee intake, I'm not struggling with that nearly as much. Yeah, I would agree for sure. So I just got a nice little oat milk latte that I made this morning. Yum. With a little bit of cinnamon, a little sprinkle on top. That sounds amazing. It is. It's really good. Actually, it's kind of hitting the spot this morning. Do you have like a latte maker at home or do you use like, how do you make your lattes? Um, We have two different, I have like a milk warmer and a frother. And I also have just one of those little wand thingies that mm. stirs everything up and makes it foamy. So it's not those. like a traditional latte, but. It's like half coffee and half oat milk. And then I steamed it all up and made it fluffy. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I hear cards shuffling in the background. Yes, we are back on our tarot bullshit with our tattoo deck from Coins Tarot. Speaking of tarot, you all may have noticed that we are now at the end of May and moving into June. So... I will be gone this weekend. However, this next week, we will be drawing winners for our amazing five-part giveaway, which includes two tarot readings and a tarot journal. So 
be on Instagram this week because we're going to be announcing who those lucky winners are. Yes, go find that giveaway post because like Shale said, she's going to be gone this weekend. You still have this weekend to enter. Yeah. So listen <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> run over there. Get it together. <laughs> you don't want to miss out. Like seriously, it's five different chances to win. How often does that happen? And two of them are like, amazing readers. So Really good prizes. Okay. <sighs> Take a nice collective inhale. Think about what energy we're going to be drawing upon this week. Any lessons we need from spirit for our collective good. Ooh, we had a jumper. Ooh, you know what that means. <laughs> it means we're about to get our shit rocked. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get rocked by the universe this early in the morning. I see how it is. Uh, this is a really dope card. Um, so we have drawn the seven of wands and this artwork, it's an anatomical heart in reds and yellows and blues with a fist coming out of the top of it, holding a long staff, holding one of the wands. They have little leaves growing on them. And then coming out of the heart on either side are the additional six wands. It's got kind of a smoky gray background. It's a very striking, powerful card. Okay, so before you jump into the interpretation of it, um, I had our friend Beth, who was on episode four, yes. I think it was. Um, but she was over last night, and she was doing card readings for us. And the Seven of Wands came up three times last night. Did it really? Yeah. And now it's coming up this morning and I'm like, okay, universe, I understand. Right. <laughs> so we're going to listen to this message. Um, the seven of wands represents standing up for yourself and your ideas despite opposition. Tensions rise in the face of competition. The seven reminds us to stand tall and to fight for what we want. A clenched fist reaches out from a human heart clinging tightly to its wand. Six other wands point towards the heart as if they are attacking it. Vibrations pulsate from the heart, showing that it is still alive and pumping. The fist is standing up for the passions of the heart, demanding others listen and refusing to give up in light of confrontation. The fist is strong, powerful, and fierce. It will use its wand to knock down competition, protect its passions, and complete its plans. Do not veer away from confrontation. Now is the time to stand up for what you believe in and to push through your competition. If you want to be heard, you must make some noise. Do not sit quietly on the sidelines as you watch your opportunities slip away. Mm. I like that. I like that message right now. I like that message in correlation with today's topic and our episode, actually. Ooh, uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, so today we are talking about everyday magic, little things that we personally do every day to stay in touch with our practice, tips and tricks for starting a ritual or a routine or getting into a more magical mindset on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, Seven of Wands to me with this topic too, because why, why I say this has been an indirect request from people is because I think we've had a lot of feedback from listeners that we're all kind of like we're ready to kind of come out of hibernation. We're all starting to be a little bolder in how we're interacting with our physical world around us again. And 
at times that feels much too quick and other times it feels really liberating and empowering. And so it's just really interesting to balance this kind of reemergence into the world with this like strength and passion and that reminder that we can, you know, press forward with strength and passion, even though we're all still a little stressy and a little angsty about actually making it happen. Yeah. I think that's an extremely valid point. And, you know, the way it kept kind of coming up in our circle last night was we felt that the competition was us against ourselves and like inner voice that you have that tells you you're not good enough or that what you're doing isn't the right thing to do or you're questioning. And really that's the person that you need to hold at bay. Um, Because if you look at like the traditional Smith weight deck, the uh, seven of cards has a very powerful, I call it the Jamie Frazier card oh, <laughs> for those Highlander or those Outlander folks out there. Cause it definitely looks like Jamie Frazier and he's got like the wand and he's like holding it to push people away. And so that was the vibe that we got that we're holding ourselves at bay instead of allowing more of a flow in life and to trust your own intuition and your sense of self and that you have everything within you to make it happen. You just need to stop questioning all of that. Yes. I love that. I love this message today. So funny that it came up so much for you last night. I had no idea. And that one flew out of the deck. Yeah. And that's the way it was last night too. It was very like strong and profound and it made itself known. So when you pulled the seven of wands this morning, it was like, you gotta be joking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Okay. Then let's just, let's dive right in. Um, Kind of simply with like, are you feeling in the world right now? Like, what does everyday magic mean to you? What does it feel like to kind of infuse magical living in your life? How is that working for you right now? You know, I've been thinking about what I wanted to say for this episode for a while and what that question means to me. And for me, I feel like this kind of ebbs and flows throughout the seasons, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think we are cyclical seasonal creatures. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and so it's only natural that it does. But I guess for this point in time right now, um, one of the things we've been talking a lot about in our apprenticeship is living life with full vitality, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And um, she talks a lot about like the erotic and I'm not necessarily meaning like erotic in a sexual sense, but living that life with deep sensuality and deep vitality. I, that's the only word that I can really think of right now. That's, that's come into mind, but living fully and happily and joyfully and abundantly in every way you can um, and really leaning into that. And I think I feel that so much this time of year. Like I definitely feel like, I'm starting to, especially as I work more along the plant path and in herbalism and things like that, I just feel like I become so much more alive in the springtime when I can finally emerge from that winter slumber and really see the life and the beauty and the growth as it exists. And we were just talking yesterday. And one of the things that I feel like you said, Cheyenne, that really resonated with me was that you are currently planting your garden so that you have a visual that you can use to like bloom right now. And I feel like I noticed that so much more where I was just talking to Beth and our friends last night about the fact that I don't feel like I do as much divinatory practice right now because 
I'm spending so much time in nature. Nature is my divination. Yeah. Right now. And being in my garden is my meditation and sitting with plants and learning from them and watching them grow is really like a huge component of my spiritual journey right now. And it's such an amazing teacher and guide. Um, so I guess this is like a really long rambly answer to say like this time of year, I tend to feel much more joyful and abundant and I don't feel as stressed and anxious because I feel like I have like a little plant army that's providing so much support right now. If all that makes sense. Yeah, that's very sweet. I like that. How about you? How are you feeling? Like what's, what's going on in your world? You know, I think our duality is interesting. Um, I really enjoy spring. I don't dislike spring and I like obviously planting and having, I think I need that visual because warmer months tend to be those are my like seasonal depression months typically mm. I hate being hot I hate it I hate it so much it makes me angry see I and, love it like make me sweat uh, yeah no I I will just be mean and mad like no I want to be chilly all the time but knowing that about myself means I have to be a little bit more intentional because my routines don't come as naturally to me this time of year, if that makes sense a little bit. So like planting my herb garden is a really great one because it gives me something to nurture and to grow. And it does give me that visual aid, which I really appreciate. And then something I do very regularly, typically every day, especially when it is warmer, it's easier to make this happen the way I like it to happen in the warmer months. So there are reasons that I enjoy this time of year. I'm not like a total curmudgeon about springtime (laughs) or summer. (laughs) It's summer that I hate spring. I like, but I do, I like really active meditations. Um, Yeah. Same. I think when I'm doing any sort of meditative work, I just, I have a brain that works better when I'm moving, I think. So I go for morning hikes with my dog, Willie, and I make them very intentional and I have rules for myself for them. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to a book. I try very hard to be completely present. And sometimes I fail. I sent you some voice messages on my walk yesterday, <laughs> but that's I what like I allow part of Like your decompression too, right? Like you're Yeah, I allow myself to reach out to people if I need to, you know, call my mom, send you a voice message. That's that's allowed. Um, But I don't allow myself to distract with entertainment while I'm out. And it helps me. My dog is getting older. She's 10. So there's a lot of, you know, intention and just making sure that the time I'm spending her with her is about her. Mm -hmm. And then when you're up on a mountain with a creature who will hike the same hike every single morning and see it with completely fresh and excited eyes every time. Yes. Oh, um, beautiful. Yeah. That really helps me kind of connect and ground and like just kind of raise my energy for the day too. So I usually make my coffee before we go and, you know, kind of sip those intentions too. coffee magic is one of my everyday magic things that I absolutely love. So easy. And I love an easy spell. So tell us more about that. Like what, What's involved in in your coffee magic? Yeah, so it's a little bit different every day. But I, when I'm, like when I was grinding my beans this morning, I put a little sprinkle of cinnamon in them. I've been training some new people at work, which has been really lovely and fun, but super draining because I'm used to working alone. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I like, I need a little bit of extra passion. I need a little bit of fire. And I'm trying, especially with that cinnamon to really remind myself, especially knowing that this is the time of year that I do get a little snappier. If you know, I work in a really old building that's hot all day long. (laughs) Well, it's Um, good that you have that self-awareness, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, put that cinnamon in to kind of try to infuse a little bit of extra love into everything that I'm doing too. And just remember my own compassion a little bit. So I'll just kind of think about that while I'm grinding the beans. Um, I like to do a French press um, just because I like the ritual of it. There are specific steps you have to take to make a cup appropriately, to make a cup that tastes good. Um, So then, you know, when I put my water, my hot water in with the beans, I stir with a wooden spoon not any specific number of times. I usually do about 30 seconds. And while I'm stirring, I'm thinking about my goals for the day, what I want to accomplish, what I want to work on, maybe things I didn't do very well yesterday that I would like to try to kind of rectify. (laughs) And then I just ask, I ask for help from both the beverage and my guides to kind of support me in this intention. And I just, that's something I think about when I'm on my walk drinking my coffee. So there are other little herby allies that I like to use in coffee magic. I use a lot of mint of a lot of different varieties. Um, And then a lot of those, you know, warm fall spices, those cinnamons, nutmegs, clove, depending on what I've got going on. But it's super easy. It takes no extra time. I would be making a French press anyway. And it just gives me a little bit of that routine to kind of jumpstart my brain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so there's a couple of things that you said there that I wanted to touch on first of all I think it's interesting that mint is such an ally for you because we were just talking about that duality I struggle with mint like I love the flavor of mint but because it has such cooling properties I really struggle with herbs that make me feel colder because I don't like being cold <laughs> isn't this funny yeah Um, which is so funny that I've discovered wild swimming and stuff like that, which we can get into later. But um, yeah, so I just think that's really interesting. And then the other thing that you said is that you asked the the beverage itself for guidance or support. And I think that's one of the things that can become such a profound thing if you're open to it is asking things that you wouldn't otherwise see as having spirit for that support. So um, I think that's where people can really unlock some really powerful things is when they start recognizing that all things, whether they literally have lungs themselves and breathe the same air that we do, have some sort of spirit, have some sort of energy associated with them and can be a support system, even if it's something like a cup of coffee and that can really have an impact on your day to day. Yeah. You know, I've, I wasn't always that kid So this was a really easy concept for me to wrap my brain around. And it's kind of in, in, it's funny to look back on like little rituals of your past or your childhood, or even my teenage years and realize where I was doing magic that I didn't call that, you know, (laughs) but even I'm somebody who will give, I give spirit to everything. And I always have. So like if one of my animals fell off the bed, when I was like, I was mortified and hor- and I would apologize to you and I would put you in a special place the next night and I would be really intentional about making sure nobody else fell. It's so funny you say that. Immense guilt. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny you say that because I used to feel that way too, that I was always worried that one stuffed animal would know that 
I like favored one over the other or whenever I had like nights that I was scared of the dark, I would make like a ring around myself. <laughs> like I was yes, I would circle. do that too. <laughs> yeah, I was like casting circle with my stuffed animals back in the day of okay, well as long as I have this ring of protection around me, they can't do anything to me. Yeah. Um, ring of protection, sheet over your head. Like I was doing all of that. Yeah. And the other thing that you just made me think of that you made me think of when you said that was um I used to when I used to get Easter bunnies on Easter they would sit in the fridge for like a month because I could not bring myself to eat them because I felt so bad. That's so funny. I don't know if that was a little like vegan in the making. <laughs> but, like, I, I was always worried about it. Because <laughs> I was the kid who would immediately go for the ears. But I also love a snack. So I can, I can just, you know, suspend any sort of belief if I get to have a snack. <laughs> See, I don't know what it was, but I just... I could not do it. And then when I ate them, I enjoyed it, but I still felt like immense guilt afterward. <laughs> the souls of all of your chocolate bunnies are going to come back and haunt you. I know. They probably are. That's probably where like all of my deep-rooted All of your hauntings are just dead chocolate bunnies. Yeah. So what are some other everyday things you find yourself doing? Do you have specific rituals that you're doing on a daily basis, a weekly basis? Yeah. So I have a couple of things. So I I feel like a lot more of the things that I do are more at night preparing myself for the next day because we all know that I'm not a morning person. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk about that too because a lot of mine are, most of mine I do in the morning. Yeah. Well, one thing um, before we jump into like what my kind of nightly routine is, uh, one thing that I've started doing. Um, so in our apprenticeship, we, we start circle by lighting a candle and that brings everybody to nice because all of us are over zoom right now because of pandemic and everything else. Um, so it's just a nice way to feel like everybody's energy is brought together, but I keep the candle at my desk now. And one thing I've started doing at my normal day-to-day job is sometimes I have some really stressful meetings where I am worried there's going to be like conflict or maybe I just really am trying to, you know, promote something or trying to push for something. Right. And I just really feel like I need to be clear in my delivery and in my communication. And so if I'm ever worried that I feel like there's going to be a blockage or that there is going to be a negative outcome of the meeting or something like that, I've started lighting that candle before the meeting and putting infusion and intention into the candle. So it's a little bit of candle magic, obviously, um, to say, Hey, I need, I need guidance and I need open communication. And I just really want this meeting to go well. Can I please have that support? And it has not failed me yet where I've had a meeting that ended up um, where a meeting that I was going into where it was going to be very contentious ended up having really great outcomes or I got the clarity that I needed to be able to communicate in a way to get my voice heard. And it's been fantastic. (laughs) That's awesome. I love candle magic. Candle magic is like, it's so accessible. It really is. It's one of my favorite forms of divination too. Like it's, and I use it a lot for 
energy i feel like if i'm just worried that i have a blockage or something like that i feel like candle magic just really takes that for you and holds that burden for you yeah i would agree with that for sure but yeah so kind of moving into my nightly routine one thing that we're working with a lot right now especially is overnight herbal infusions and so herbal infusion is just really a fancy word for tea Usually, because when you're infusing herbs, it's usually meaning that you're steeping them in water. Um, But if you allow them to steep overnight, you get a lot more drawing of the properties and the medicine that you're looking for from the plants. And so this is actually something I stole from my teacher, but I really love it. And I think it's a really good way to connect with, with the herbs that you're working with. But when you pour the water over your herbs and you go to bed for the night, you should be more intentional with it, I guess. And so one thing I do is I have, I have a very specific French press that I only use for herbs. And so I'll boil the water at night. I'll get my routine together while the water's boiling and getting ready for bed. And then I will add the herbs to the jar that I'm using. And I will do similar to what you do with your coffee magic in the morning. I'll express gratitude to the herbs, thank them for what they're about to do for my body, for my wellness think about what I'm going to potentially learn from them because each month we have a different blend that has a different support. So this month we're, we're working with a heart ease tea, which has been just amazing. (laughs) That sounds perfect. right? Yeah. It's so good. Um, and so, yeah, I will think about that as I'm putting the herbs into the jar. And then when I pour the water over them and add a lid, it's like kind of like tucking them in for the night. Right. And getting them all comfy and cozy so that they can have a good night's sleep and do what they need to do (laughs) before I go to sleep. So it's really like a reflection of that. So again, I think it's really cool that we have this duality where like your beverage is to help you kind of get started for the day where mine is about, you know, calming and being ready for the night and being prepared for the next day. Yeah. So, um, so that's something I just tuck my herbs into sleep. (laughs) It's so cute. But one thing that I'm really trying to do a better job of is paying attention to the moon cycle, because usually when I start my overnight infusion, I'll just set it on the counter um, in a safe place. It's not going to be knocked off by the cats or something like that when they're getting up on the counter in the middle of the night when they're not supposed to be, because <laughs> uh, cats are little shits that like to do things at night that they're not supposed to when they think they can get away with it. Um, yeah, that's always when Telluride tries to climb on my altar. Oh, yeah. They are monsters in the night. But I'm trying to pay attention more to the moon cycle. And if it is something like a full moon or a new moon where I'm hoping to add that sort of energy into the herbal infusion as well, being more intentional about putting the infusion out under the moon to help get those properties in addition to what the herbs have to offer. And then what I like to do with the herbs after I steep the tea in the morning is return them back to the earth. So I'll either put them in my garden or add them to compost. But I always thank the herbs because they give so much of themselves. Like if you pay close attention to a tea after you've done, you're done using it, usually the herbs are like completely drained of color. They're all wilty, you know, like they give all of themselves to you. And I think that's an amazing thing. And so to try to be more reciprocal with that, I try to return them back to the earth and express all the gratitude for what they've offered. I think that's really beautiful. I would like to be a little bit more intentional when I'm disposing of coffee grounds. And I am more in the summer because I can use it in my garden. Right. 
but I'm also still living that apartment life. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's tough. (laughs) Um, that's, that's a a gap in my practice that I would like to find a more intentional use for. Although I do save coffee grounds a lot to use for like body scrubs, because all I ever want is to smell like a coffee shop and (laughs) nobody makes a coffee perfume. This frustrates me so much. And which baby soap used to have a Kathy Omancy oil and she's been out of it for so long and I should have bought more when I bought it the first time and that's on me. Um, See, that's the hard part about which baby soap love her products but like once you get addicted to one you never know if it'll be continued. <laughs> I know and I don't want to be that person who's like please make this again. Right. I love it so much but nobody makes like a coffee perfume like a pure coffee perfume and coffee is really commonly used in men's cologne but then they put all of this other shit inside of it mm. like I don't want to smell like coffee and a forest and like toxic masculinity I would <laughs> literally just like to smell like coffee <laughs> uh, that's a good quote we need to keep that one <laughs> we'll make that one a sticker yeah. but speaking of I used to be a little bit better at doing things like anointing myself with oils when I had one that smelled that good I need to find myself a new like everyday full body oil to use because I think there's a lot of power in things like glamour magic too yes and getting yourself ready for the day and like even things like your shampoo like taking a moment over your shampoo when you know you're rubbing it in to ask for you know protection and nourishment that goes deeper than your hair follicles Mm -hmm. Um, it's just about bringing more intention into everything right like witchcraft is paying attention yeah I think that's key it's it's what can you do each day to bring you into a more refined state of like presence yeah for sure and something I wanted to talk about that I'm curious if you when do you like to shower are you a morning shower person or an evening shower person so I have hella thick hair And nine times out of 10, I'm normally rushing out the door in the morning. So I am definitely a night shower person. Okay. But I prefer that too, in addition to the fact that it would take forever to blow dry my hair. <laughs> but because I like the opportunity to wash away the energy of the day. Yeah. I would say nighttime shower. That's like the magic I do at night. Mm-hmm. Is cleansing your aura, getting everything gone. Um, you can do things in the morning, you know, with. And that's where like you would be infusing things like your shampoos or your, your soaps and being really intentional with, you know, kind of like coffee magic, like the, what you want to happen for the day um, and raising your energy and, you know, anointing and imbibing yourself. But yeah, when I come home, that's my, one of the first things I do, I just let, whether I'm washing my hair or not, you know, I'll usually jump in for five minute rinse regardless um, because I just think it helps it just helps reset your energy. It helps, you know, click your brain off from work mode too. Um, and if you've picked up any like nasties from the day energetically, it's good to just like get them down the drain before you've hung out on your couch too much. Absolutely. And I think when you talk about intention, that's bringing that into that too. Like as you let water run over you, really thinking about and visualizing if that helps you the energy moving in the way it needs to. Yeah. And I'm a classic overthinker, right? So a lot of times (laughs) the shower is where I have fake fights with people. Oh my gosh, me too. And I like act out scenes. (laughs) Yeah. Where I'll have, you know, those conflict confrontational conversations or things that 
you know, when you never respond well in the moment or you don't have a good comeback and then you're, you know, later that night, you're like, oh, I should have said this. It would have been perfect. Right. <laughs> um, like that's what happens in the shower. But I also have been really challenging myself, like stay in here however long you need to actually let this go. But when your foot hits that bath mat and you open up the curtain, like it goes down the drain. It stays in here. You've got to like learn how to release a little bit more. And so that's something I'm actively working on. I really like that. I like the visualization of that energy or that issue or problem going down the drain and away from you. Yeah. Simple stuff, y'all. Showers, tea, coffee. (laughs) So what's something more complex that you feel like you would do that you would still consider to be more of like your everyday magic? Um, I actually have been really strong in my divination practice lately. Yeah. And I would say that like my morning routine is typically, you know, I get up, I do my coffee, I go for my hike and then I come back and my husband sleeps a lot later than I do. Mornings are really sacred to me. Um, And we usually spend like the last hour before I go to work together, having another cup of coffee, catching up on some news, you know, doing those day-to-day domestic things but in the morning when it's quiet that's just it's such a special safe sacred place for me and so I've been doing regular tarot card pulls for myself every morning Um, and I've been doing more complex spreads than I usually do I used to just like draw a card for the day and I'm trying to be a lot more intentional I'm spending a good you know 30 minutes with my cards um, and really thinking about my day and not letting myself get distracted by like, I don't need to be spending my morning scrolling through Instagram for 30 minutes. Right. You know, I need to be in my head grounding, figuring out, you know, what I want to accomplish, how I can best get myself there. Um, And so I've been spending a lot more time with both my tarot and talking to my guides. Um, That's something I do when I walk a lot. I'll just talk out (laughs) loud to whoever I'm hanging out with that day. (laughs) Um, I you do feel like it's different each day? A lot too. I um, I tend to walk with my grandfather a lot. Yeah. I have other guides who I don't know as well. Like, and I don't necessarily know their specific names and I didn't ever have a personal relationship with them, but I know enough about some of them where if I'm working through a specific issue, I'll call upon somebody like that. But I usually just have a full conversation and a lot of times I'll speak their responses out loud to myself you know, like, or how I'd envision them responding. And it's very like third person and a little out of body. Oh, that's very Um, interesting. But it kind of only works when I'm walking. Do you think it's the movement that helps or just the environment? I think it's a little bit of both. And I used to, when I was a kid, I would make up songs all the time and like long ones for like 30 minutes. Um, you were like a little Broadway girl in the making. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and my little brother's 10 years younger than me. So, you know, we had, I remember specifically, we had a really beautiful, um, yard at our house in Michigan that was probably a lot smaller than I'm remembering it. But to me, it was massive, (laughs) you know, and I would just like, I'd climb the trees and I'd walk around and I would just sing to myself and sing to others. And I would talk to the trees and the plants and the little birds. And I talk to birds a lot, actually. That's something I've... (laughs) been noticing a lot more um and I've been forming kind of more relationships with winged creatures as we're 
out and about. And I feel like a lot of my guides do kind of come and visit me in bird form, which is interesting. Oh, that's super interesting. To like actually start paying attention to. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I like, it's something I've done for a long time. And I don't know if it's just a holdover from my, you know, childhood of trying to entertain myself. <laughs> Um, where I just, I'm good at pretend I have a good imagination. So it's not hard for me to kind of tap into that mode and, and talk to things who aren't there and feel like I can get a response. Okay. I'm going to take us off on a tangent now because what you just said made me think about it, but it's a really interesting thought to think about how much we are conditioned, I guess, to believe that what we see as real as kids is our imagination. Yeah. Because in my mind, I think both you and I are very similar in that we recognized energy in other things as children. And that was a huge, vibrant part of our childhoods. Um, but as adults, we question because we're kind of taught to <laughs> how much of that was real and how it impacts our adult life now. But that was a real experience. Yeah, for sure. No, it is interesting. And just the language that we unconsciously use to talk about stuff um, kind of outside the, you know, straight line boxes of normal day-to-day life. I don't know if you, maybe it was you that showed her to me, but there's a TikTok profile that I follow. What What are TikTok things called? Are they TikTok channels? I refer to them as channels because I'm a YouTube junkie. I have no idea. I just know that I love them. Yes. I, oh, my gosh. I'm so addicted to TikTok. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, it's so good, though. Um, but anyway, there's a, a, a profile on there called Hope Medium. Do you follow her? Yeah, I do. Um, what I really love about her channel is how she allows her child to just live so authentically And she encourages that either pretending or talks through spiritual aspects of her child's life. And it's really interesting being able to witness a child's spiritual journey from so early in their life. Um, Because that little girl's got hella wisdom. (laughs) Like she understands and knows right now, like they'll have conversations about God and they'll have conversations about um, speaking with past loved ones and stuff like that, that just make my jaw drop what she knows and what she understands. Yeah. Kids are so aware (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we don't give them enough credit for that because we've spent so long trying to beat down our own awareness. Right. Um, But that reminds me too of when I was little, I used to have these dreams um, about this place. There was this place I would go in my dreams. I called it Mulberry. And like, it was magical, you know, I, I mean, and I was a kid who read a thousand fantasy books a week. So, (laughs) you know, a lot of it was probably literally just that, but I would have full conversations with my stepdad every single morning and we'd talk about it. And he'd very like non-ironically ask what happened, who I met, what it looks like. And I would just describe these fantastical places and these adventures I would have in my dreams. And I've always been really appreciative of him for that, especially because he came into my life when I was eight years old. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, a, a budding theater kid, a giant nerd, a huge reader who also like moved all the time. So 
Like I'm a good assimilator and I make friends fairly easily, but I'm a weirdo. And I always kind of have been <laughs> like, I used to Dude. describe myself as like popular adjacent. Yes. Like, that's such a good way to describe us. Yes. Yeah, like, like people were nice to me. Um, and I had a decent experience, you know, growing up and in schools and I was able to kind of flit through all of these little groups, but I never necessarily felt like any of them claimed me as theirs. I feel the exact same way. Um, but that was a place I could go. And we, I mean, for at least a good year, I think it was just a, what happened at Mulberry last night? What did you do? Who did you meet? And there were always fantastical adventures. Um, so yeah, I just, I want to be that person for the kids in my life too. The person who just lets them exist and doesn't question things like imagination or be like, well, you know, that's not real. Motorcycles don't fly. Just um, they do. <laughs> you know, like there's no reason to shit on any of that anyway. And it's just a bummer that we let our impatience a lot of times get the better of us when we're having these interactions with children. Because I think imagination is one of the most powerful magics we all have. And a lot of people lose it and lose it for good. And it's really sad. Yeah. I was just thinking that, as you said it, where I'm like, you know, we're all born inherently creative. Like that's what makes us human, right? Is this creative ability. And it just makes you wonder how many more people or what kind of society we would live in if everybody allowed themselves to fully embody that creative energy all the time and take it yeah. with them into adulthood. Now I want to go hang out with kids. I know. <laughs> But like My favorite cool thing kids. to do is like go to the museum, um, like during the week, like on a Wednesday when you know there's going to be field trips. Yeah. And I just kind of tag along at the back, which probably sounds creepy. I'm not being creepy to your kids at the museum, I promise. <laughs> I'm just listening for funny things I can quote them about later. Um but I, that's my favorite time to go because I love watching people experience things for the first time. I love watching people learn, especially people who still like learning, who haven't, you know, had it beaten out of them yet. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just so fun to like sit at the museum in the space area and just listen to little kids ask the volunteers a thousand questions about space and stars and the moon and just how amazing every single answer is right to all of them it's just right. every little fact is mind-blowing and I'm like yes this is how we need to keep living so yeah I need to go hang out with kids Crystal bring me your kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess tying that back to everyday magic I think those are some of the things that maybe we could incorporate into our lives more is being more present about the the people that are around you, whether they're your kids or not, you know, but seeing what those lessons are and what you can learn from your environment, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I also um, feel like we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. Oh, I a little bit lost my train of thought. What were we talking about yesterday that's relevant to this? Oh, God. It made sense in my brain. Fuck. <laughs> it was going to be so good about, okay, everyday magic, about checking back in. I don't remember. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay. A few, I'm like just looking at my little notes of things that I do regularly. I think kitchen magic is a really easy way to incorporate a little more, um, I mean, magic, that's the word we're using <laughs> right. into your everyday life. It's, it's accessible. It's about, you know, stirring those intentions into your meal, sprinkling those specific herbs that are either going to help you, you know, physically or spiritually or both. And, um, really thanking your food too, thanking your food for sacrifices it made to feed you, um, thanking the people who grew your food, where it comes from, thanking the earth. Um, all of those things are really, really simple, but I think really deeply gratifying when you start making it a regular practice. Um, I used to be one of those people who totally inhaled all of my meals too. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like for it was a weird point of pride for whatever reason. The way kids decide things are important. <laughs> I beat you, I win. I'm not a very competitive person and I can't win a lot of things if we're like having physical contests. So maybe that was where it comes from. Like I'm just a good eater, y'all. Be jealous. Um but I've since, you know, being on on this path and practicing just a, living a more intentional life, I I'm not the first one done anymore. I'm taking my time to actually savor and eat. And I think um, remembering to do things like put away your phone when you're eating and just focus on the presence of fueling your body is really powerful magic too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like one of the things that I like to do when I'm baking or especially baking for other people um, is like infuse charms into whatever you're cooking, right? Where you- infuse like loving warm energy into the bread you're baking and hope that it brings nourishment and support to whoever's going to consume it. Um, and I think that's like, like you said, you could bring, you could sprinkle little herbs or things like that into your meals, but, um, also like making your food pretty sometimes. Like if you want to just like add a few edible flowers to a salad, just because it makes it more pretty, (laughs) do it. And it infuses more of that gratitude into it. You're you're being thoughtful and intentional with what you're about to consume. Yeah. Ugh. Any excuse to make things prettier. Yes. That's my favorite. Um, and then another, I mean, we say this a lot and you're probably tired of hearing it, but a lot of my everyday magic is also just learning and reading um, and, you know, learning from a lot of different people learning from or listening to podcasts, even, you know, learning from mm-hmm. other people in our witchy community. That's a large part of the way I stay in touch with my practice is by staying in touch with other witches. Yeah, that's something I want to be more intentional about because I have a whole bookshelf full of all these amazing witchy or spiritual books and they just kind of sit there and I tend to consume more podcasts or video format type content. And I want to start making more of a, a, maybe a morning practice of reading a chapter of one of my witchy books each day. And I think it'll help get back into the, into the, I don't want to say grind, but into the routine of more of my everyday type magic. And so that's something I want to start doing more of, but I totally agree. That's a super simple thing to continue to deepen your practice. Yeah. And I think I remembered what I was going to say earlier. Um, Just being aware of what you're consuming too. You and I yesterday were talking about how 
maybe I was feeling like I was consuming, you know, the same old shows out of, out of habit. And a little bit of that is, you know, chronic anxiety (laughs) (laughs) Um, and needing those comfort things, which is also totally valid and fair, but um, finding other ways to engage my brain more intentionally when I am in those moments of self-soothing where like, okay, sure. I'm watching the same episode of this again because I had a hard day and I'm just trying to decompress, but maybe I can also be coloring while I'm doing it or painting or, you know, playing with Play-Doh, like just something that's engaging me physically too. Right. Um, and just being more mindful about the content we're consuming in general, you know, there's so much information and so many things to be learned. And I think that can be really overwhelming sometimes. And so we fall back on those, you know, really easy habits, but you also feel really bored when you're doing that and you're not engaged and then you wake up tired and you're just like, Oh, why did I do that again? And so, you know, taking the shame out of it, because I don't think that's helpful. And sometimes we just need those self soothing things. Um, but recognizing like, oh, okay, I could do a puzzle while I'm watching this too and engage my brain a little bit more. And, you know, maybe next week I will feel more comfortable alone in my head to sit and read and not have something on in the background. Yeah. I think along those lines too, um, something that I'm trying to work on is like, if I am watching a documentary or something like that, like not also sitting there and playing on my phone, (laughs) like, yeah, like engaging in whatever you're doing fully, less multitasking, more presence. Exactly. And give your poor brain a break. Like we're so overstimulated these days as it is. Yeah. Which is why my morning walk is really sacred and important to me because I, half the time I don't take my phone with me. I usually only do so I can take cute pictures of my dog because if you haven't seen her. I always think about you when I see that meme that's like, what do you think our pets would do if they woke up one day and realized like, or if they look through our phone one day and realized like how many pictures we have of them sleeping? (laughs) Oh my gosh, for real. Um, I think Willie appreciates the attention. So she would probably be flattered. She probably would. Rowan would be like, uh. Actually, Willie would probably be like, why aren't there more? Right. (laughs) What's your problem? I'm the best. Well, and Rowan has like, and when we say Rowan, I'm talking about my dog, not Rowan, our friend from (laughs) Season of the Witch. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he, he has this way of having like an epic derp face in any photo you take of him. Like sometimes he can be extremely photogenic and the other time it's just like the absolute opposite of that. There is no in between. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Labradors for you. Yeah, for sure. But he has great energy. He's a good like tap into your inner child without having a child around. Yes, he's very good about that. About he, he rem- He's my number one teacher of like gratitude for just life yeah dogs are great at that and just like and fun and fun Mm -hmm. for the sake of fun like just pure pleasure of existence yes exactly well this has been lovely do you lovely have you had any sort of per witch and slip pop up in your brain while we've been talking or anything else you wanted to mention that we didn't? I actually did. Um, so as always, and this is kind of a, a theme on our podcast, but I think it especially applies here, is 
these are all, you know, personal practices for myself and Cheyenne, but it doesn't mean that that's something that will necessarily resonate with you. Um, and if it does great, if not, that's, what's so beautiful about this practice is making it your own. Um, so I think, especially when we think about things like the online witchy community and stuff, there's always a lot of pressure to do things a certain way. You know, there's a lot of people that are always like, oh yeah, witchcraft is your own, but is it really <laughs> in the social media world, you know? Right. So, uh, don't lean into that really, truly like your practice and your, um, divination and ritual and whatever you indulge in is going to be so much more profound and, pr and powerful if it applies to you and it resonates with you. So, I would say your per witch and slip for this episode is to find your everyday magic in a way that makes the most sense for you. And to, if it takes some time, that's okay. You know, like all of our practices didn't come to us overnight. And yes, we talked a lot about things that we did as children. Um, but sometimes I think in Cheyenne, I don't know if this is true for you as well, but I feel like it is sometimes part of your, journey towards finding your everyday magic is remembering those things that you did as a kid that maybe you've been told that aren't magic or um, don't apply to your adult life. And so sometimes it's about remembering and reclaiming that for yourself and maybe incorporating some of those things that you used to do back into your adult life in a meaningful way. Um, so I guess long story short is if it takes time, that's okay. And go ahead and do what works best for you and find those practices that are most meaningful for you. Yes. I love that. Cheers, witches. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. <laughs>